0: Welcome to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. All right, I'm really happy to have with us Mr. Julius Tabert. He's one of the first students of Ripple Effect Martial Arts. He's a black belt several times over, and we'll hear about that, and has many very interesting perspectives on the martial arts and raising kids to be black belts, why that's important. And welcome, (laughs) Mr. Tabor. Thanks for being with us.
1: Oh, hey, it's a pleasure.
0: So tell us first off, when did you get your start in the martial arts and what was happening?
1: So I was schooled in one year too early. I was always kind of like the smaller kid on the block. And so I grew up in Germany in a very small town, only 5,000 people and there wasn't really any martial arts there. I always had a strong longing to do some like, martial arts because I, I always felt like I needed to be stronger. That was then actually possible for me at age like 13. We were very poor at that time. My mom could afford to uh, enroll me into a karate school, but the trick was it was about 12 miles away from my hometown. And my parents didn't have the means to drop me off and pick me up and things like that, that are totally normal nowadays for, for kids. So I had to find my own way to get to the karate school, which was normally on bike. And so I rode my bike to the karate school, practiced and then rode my bike back. And then uh, very shortly after that, I started to hitchhike to my karate school. We were poor financial background was really dim. And so one big motivator for me to go to karate and practice was actually had warm showers. I didn't have that at home. And so I could actually practice, uh, take a shower and then go to school the next day. And that was kind of like my routine. So I I worked out three, four times I've been thinking about it. If I take that cardio into consideration, riding this bike, all the time to I mean, it was a huge Workout, But I was young, I was 13, 14. I progressed fairly quickly. Was a brown belt at around 16, 17, and uh, was uh, introduced to the state team. And then at age 18, um, I won the German championship as a junior. So as a result of that, I was introduced into the national team for Germany. So I fought for Germany. Fought on three different European championships. Became third individually when I was 21 in, in Glasgow and third with the team in Hanover and I won the next German championship when I was 19 so it kind of was a hat trick right Won two of those in a row, I was on the national team for six years, so I left the team when I was 24 and then just pursued my my personal
0: career. You said you were kind of a smaller kid. When you well, started. I mean, I
1: was a smaller kid when I was small, right? So I think I, I grew up to be kind of like a normal guy. I, I was not really a natural, uh, I'm a little bit uh, what I call motion dyslexic, which means it takes me a long time to learn a certain motion. I, I like to work, right? And then I had good coaches around me that uh, motivated me enough and there were things to strive for. So I, I enjoy repetition. I can do something for the same thing over and over and over again and find joy in it, uh, which is a major part of martial arts, no matter where you go. And so for me, I I like the progress. I like to learn the new thing and then implementing it. I mean, it is, it it takes a lot of time to master. And later on in life, I mean, it it gives you other insights, right? And how beneficial that is for, for other parts of your career. So it it has been, it has been very beneficial to me. If I had not had martial arts, I wouldn't be where I am today.
0: When you talk about Repetition, repetition, could you, were you motivated by a sense of improvement or could you, did you get feedback that you were improving? Did you have that sense that this repetition, I'm, I'm getting better, stronger? No, well,
1: yeah, I mean, um, it should be obvious that you get better when you repeat something very often. Um, in, back then when I started, or my first 10 years uh, in, in karate, um, I had good coaches around me, right? And, and they, they, they correct you a lot, right? You start out with some goofy move, right? And then they mold it into something much better. You have to have patience, right? And uh, I think nowadays, many people see correction as a negative thing, right? Society doesn't want to be corrected, right? You don't tell me what to do. And uh, that just doesn't work in martial arts, right? In martial arts, if you don't listen, you stay dumb. And if you don't work, you stay weak and then you lose and then it hurts and then there's no fun there, right? So you, if you don't improve and if you don't listen, I mean, that's just a major failure in how to approach life, right?
0: What was it like being in these major competitions? Had you ever been on a, you came from a small town, had you ever been I in front of a crowd pain. like that? I, I
1: only, I didn't really do as many competitions so it was always state, national, European championships, right? And then maybe some other black belt competition, but I, I maybe competed only four or five times a year. I mean, I, I didn't compete every weekend. There were some guys that competed far more than I did. The way I was trained, it it we were very goal oriented, right? Say, hey, it <clears throat> doesn't matter if you go on all these other tournaments, if you don't win state, if you don't win country, then you will not go to European championships. So we always focused on that and then we had maybe a tournament prior to those comp- competitions to, to kind of like uh, to check things out, but it was very intense. In terms of the practice was very reality driven how tournaments were they put me in situations that that were always detrimental and then I had to dig myself out of those situations uh, within the practice right uh, one. Particular drill is you you just start out with with competitor having a huge amount of points already in play, right? And I'm, it's kind of like 5-0, I'm at zero, the other guys at five, and now you have to kind of catch up on that, right? And then they were always the judges and they never saw my points and they always saw the other guys' point, right? And so I, I was conditioned to accept whatever the judges would say because I couldn't argue with the judges. Anyhow, many people always try to argue, with, with judges or, or, or bosses or superiors in their job. And I mean, that normally doesn't really work very well. Keep your cool, work on the problem. Problem is get the next point. We were, it was very intense in that way. So I guess we, we offset going to any tournaments with, with more practice oriented
0: drills. If you transfer that to today and your kids have been through the black belt, earned their black belts. They've been through many tournament experiences. Does it still apply? Is it that way today, uh, that mindset? Is it important?
1: Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, Julian, for instance, is now on a Travel League baseball team, and he only played two and a half years of baseball in his life. He's now turning 13. So many of his teammates have been playing baseball ever since they're four, right? Three, four, doing t-ball, all that stuff. And Julian didn't have that experience in terms of baseball. So when he went to the tryouts, he wasn't really the the, the superstar. And then the trainer said, something, let's say we were bringing him one more time. The qualifier for him will be: is he coachable? Can he take instructions and convert that into action? They they trained with him for, for two hours and he improved a lot in the two hours and Julian was in on the team now he is force hitter which uh, I just learned that's one of the strongest hitters on a baseball team right and I mean yes I mean he's self motivated he goes to the batting cages right he, he prior to practice and so yeah all those rules apply still today right. Listening, correcting, reputation, that is anywhere. That is in mass, that is in karate, that is in in, in sales. I mean, it takes time, it, it takes effort. And once you put effort in, there's a good chance that there's reward too,
0: right? Does karate serve as a bedrock for building a, a career? Of-
1: oh yeah. I mean, for me, it did. And I know for many of my, my, my friends that that uh, went through the same thing. My, my, my younger brother has a very successful career in real estate. I, I have a successful career in real estate. I, I mean, I don't know too many, many losers that went through that childhood program or youth program that uh, learned how to work and to listen and to apply. I mean, all those guys, generally speaking, are successful people. I have a friend that was on the national team with me. He is an international lawyer for Sea Law in Dubai today, right? It is it is the strongest foundation in my life from which I pull probably every day.
0: You talked to me once about goal setting when you're at a tournament or in a, in a match with someone sparring or you're competing in forums. And I think what you said was the goal knowing why I'm doing this, why am I doing this, is more important than the outcome.
1: Yeah, I mean, as soon as you have a why, right, you're better motivated. As soon as you have a why, you 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 can direct yourself better, you can create a certain urgency, right? I mean, it's all about outcome. How do I perform? How am I happy with that performance? Could I have done better? Yes, no, maybe so. If you don't have a goal, you can't measure it against anything.
0: How has that feedback loop been for you with your kids during four five, six years in karate altogether?
1: So what I know is that all of this has been very successful for me. Yeah, so now you bring it into the life of the children and you as a parent say, hey, this is, this is good stuff. This is what you're gonna do yeah it doesn't necessarily mean that the feedback loop is that they say hey this is the greatest thing ever daddy i love it i wanna i i only want to do karate how many push-ups can i do i want to do more and i want to do this because uh, my my children were very young they were like three and four when they started and they they don't have that intellectual capacity right my, my son and my daughter had a black belt before i even started karate i started when I was 13, they, they had their black belts when they were, I think, 10 and 11. I always told them about it that it's uh, that it will be beneficial for them, and I think they didn't quite grab it as well. But now, all of a sudden, right, they see these parallels and they see their successes, and they they can see the results. And now, with like with three, four, five years later, they understand ah. That's why I get out of bed in the morning. This is why I do this. That's why I go to the bedding cages before I even go to practice. So I'm already warmed up and stuff, right? And now I progress in, in that other arena faster than anybody else in there. We as te- uh, as parents, we can only tell them about it and tell them about the rainbows and how awesome they're going to be. (laughs) But uh, before uh, the enjoyment got uh, put work, right? And so uh, you cannot shortcut the work.
0: I remember you telling me, watching a black belt test years ago, and we were both sitting on the, the benches watching the testers. And you said to me, do you see this? this discipline and this is a 3-day test and you go through three of these 3-day tests after years of training yeah and you said can you do you see how this prepares you for joining the military or going into a, a work environment that's extremely challenging where you have to have this self-discipline that really struck me when you took up martial arts again yourself in Colorado yeah what, what motivated you to do that? Why did you want to return?
1: I went through a very difficult time in my life at that time. My children were very close to me and I needed to find something that we can do as a unit, as a group. And uh, Master Macy had been a friend of mine way before he started, actually Ripple Effect. And I knew him. And he always talked about it starting ripple effect. Right. And then when he did it and the circumstances in my life and the age of my children, just lent itself to it to say, Hey, I could do something with my children here. It can get me back into the game because I had a probably 15 year break from martial arts. And so that was the most motivating factor to to do something together with my kids.
0: What are some of your memories from back at those international championships in in europe those competitions do you have any stories from back then that really stick with you
1: so uh, international championship is uh exciting because you, you you travel to a different country right you 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 have a different kind of preparation for that kind of tournament you you, you train with the national team uh on a regular basis prior to to the championship it's a big Big goal. It's, it's very consuming, right? I mean, you you your whole lifestyle changes a little bit. I mean, I'm, I wasn't a professional; it's all amateur sport, right? So I had I, I still had to go to, to, to my job during the day, and then practice and run and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, so one story was was actually kind of funny. So it, it goes back to that we we lost the, the Second World War, right? So. We, we, uh, Germany uh, went through a period of denazification, right? So the, so the German spirit is not that strong, right? So I, I couldn't tell you what the German national anthem is, right? So I cannot really, uh, I, I couldn't recite that, right? So we are fighting a, a different nation and uh, we are there and cheering on our, 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 our sportsmen there. And, and we, we scream, Germany, Germany, right? and pretty loud, right? And then our national coach turns around and says, what are you doing, you stupid guys, right? It's Deutschland, Deutschland! <laughs> <laughs> right? And I've I been thinking about that story many, many, many times, right? And he's right. i mean, only in a, in a national way. I kind of refer to Germany as Germany, but I mean, uh, uh, why do you have to express that in a different language when you're on an international tournament, right?
0: <laughs> it, it touches on the spirit of pride versus humility. And it's one of those contradictions or paradoxes for a martial artist. When it comes to martial arts and, and sparring, I think in particular, you've talked about the importance of being offensive, to of, Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: So there there are always a little bit of opposites in martial arts, right? So we learn martial arts. I mean, what do you learn it for? Do you learn it for self-defense or do you learn it for competition or do you do it for physical fitness or what what are you actually doing this for? Right. So back then, uh, my, my only goal was winning championships. So in sparring you You will not be able to be very good if 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 you are just a defensive player. because once the other guy gets one point ahead of you, you can be defensive for the rest of the game and you lose, right. What does it mean being offensive, right? in in, in a sparring match? It uh, means you have to somehow figure out how you collect points here in a quick, quick, timely manner. And for that are different the different strategies on how to do that, right? And I mean we learn all of those in in, in, in training, but it now the, the the next thing that plays in what is your natural tendency as a human being? Are you a kind of more offensive-driven kind of guy, or a more, hey, I'm, I'm I'm looking more for harmony and peace and I don't want to offend anybody, right? Um, if, if if that is uh, stronger in, in your natural, yeah, in your natural way of how you approach life, right, then it's, it it will be harder for you, or it will be harder for that particular person to be a offensive kumite uh, fighter.
0: Even the word offensive has those two senses, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was thinking
0: about that. (laughs) It's interesting. And one synonym that you just used in this context was outspoken or proactive, I think, versus receptive or quiet. And you relate that to life, life in your business or your kid's life at school. There's a sense of I, I can speak out and still be respectful, but it's important
1: as I said before, it's, it's it's all result driven, right? I mean, you can uh, you can walk around being very very cocky and life. you can offensive to other people, right? Not in a sparring way, just by being being
0: a jerk or something.
1: A jerk. I had this other word in my mind, but I said I, I keep keep it on the other side. So. Yeah, I mean, you, you 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 can do that, but the results will probably not be as good. Uh, you, you cannot be a a champion and not think you're a champion. You need to have that thought in your mind. You, you need to have that belief uh, that uh, whatever happens, I will I will pull this through. I will I will finish this. I will I will I will come out on top. You have to have that belief even before you go in into the arena. Later in life, you, you become a little wiser, right? And you 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 choose your words a little bit better, and you 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 tone it down a little bit, right? It does. It's not. You don't have to be like that in public every single minute, right? There are times when it's maybe necessary, but mostly it's not, right? But that that is that comes later with wisdom, right? So, but if you cannot master this belief of 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 you seeing yourself on on the top, it will be very, very hard to get to the top. It's maybe even impossible.
0: You think that having the goal toward black belt, that's very much the case of ripple effect. You had talked about back in Germany, it wasn't necessarily the case. You could be a experienced brown belt and achieve what you wanted to achieve. But do you think that goal toward black belt is important in in what ways
1: for me black belt wasn't really as important in my in my in my younger years because half of the national uh, junior team had no black belts so we were half brown belts and half black belts it went the junior team was from 18 till 21 right and so it didn't really matter there as much but uh, i was elevated to the senior national team And at that first training, I was the only brown belt in a group of seniors, right? So, I mean, they were all like 22, 25, 29, 30 years old. And I showed up there at age 21 with my brown belt. All of a sudden, it became very important, (laughs) yeah? I didn't want to stick out right I want to I mean not in that way right Uh, and so that's when I started dang it (laughs) now this becomes a goal before it was not as important now it became really important and I knocked that out fairly quickly there was an interesting story we went to it was kind of like a summer tour to southern France and Spain and was on a bus and we had tournaments with with those regional people there. And we go to this one tournament in Spain and, and there was a very high ranking black belt uh, from the organization. And and we we, we arrive at this tournament and, and he looks at me and says, Julius, what are you doing? <laughs> this is a really good <coughs> team here. And we don't want to give them any psychological advantage here, right? And so... Uh, here you just take my black belt right You line up <laughs> so five guys line up right i mean you don't want to line up here with a brown belt, right so i got promoted for that one day there yeah. and and that guy gave me uh, his black belt it was pretty cool because he, he was probably a fifth degree black belt and, and very high in the organization right and and and, and he said yeah we gotta fix this here yeah, right now right and then I have to give him his black belt back and I got my brown belt back, right? And I drive home. And I mean, those kind of experiences uh, drove me to to say, okay, I need to get this done. The, the, the black belt is a symbol of achieving and enduring. But with black belt, there, there are hurdles. There are a real tests. You can pass them, you can fail them. And it, it takes a, a tremendous amount of work. Uh, that's a 5 6 year engagement and most people have not ever had a goal that stretched that long so the 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 black belt in in this particular arena is i i believe i mean it, it it's a humongous accomplishment if you can get it done
0: for you or for your kids how important were the instructors the black belt instructors for motiva- keeping that motivation alive.
1: I mean, good instructors always help, right? When I started out in this karate school that was 12 miles away from my house, the owner of the school never corrected me. He never even talked to me. There were a big class. with like 5, 10, 15 guys in class. But, and he corrected other people, but he never corrected me. I, I kind of was sad about it. Right. I was very sad. I, I remember I came home one day and I spoke to my mom and I, I, I was kind of crying and saying, man, he, he never corrects me. I always have to listen to what he corrects on other people. And then double check with me if I did that correct. And I kind of learned by him correcting all these other guys. But I was longing for for him to to correct me, to spend time with me, not telling me, "Hey, you did a great job." I was not looking. I was not looking for a compliment. I was looking just, "Hey, have attention on me." So that that lasted probably for six months. So I was in an orange belt at that time, right? And and then at then he started getting interested in me, right? He saw I knew a little bit. He wanted to see if I flake out or not, right? It, uh, I, I was vested with more practice, but when he spoke like one word to me, and, and there was probably a day where he, I cannot remember that. But when he probably first corrected me, me directly, Julius, you you need to do this and that. I mean, that was the greatest thing ever, <laughs> right? And it was not it, it it was it was a correction. It was not a pat on your back or boy right? Or Julius, you're awesome. He wasn't there to motivate me. Him being interested in me and helping me progress was more than I
0: needed. Well, I think another way to think about motivation is in terms of inspiration. And you just gave two stories. One was the senior black belt lending you his belt at a competition and how that made you feel and then how your senior instructor made you feel when he did begin to address you directly and correct you and at ripple effect i've seen that happen many times when master macy would take off his belt and symbolically give it yeah. to a kid to wear during the class
1: yeah, it makes you is amazing it's an amazing feeling i remember that day at that tournament i said this is <laughs> this is pretty cool yeah motivation is 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 absolutely important and good example being a good example is also important and i mean the instructors are phenomenal at rubel effect they're all excellent people
0: so is that an important reason for for you to have or for anybody to take up martial arts with their kids
1: seeing my children getting their black belts was even more emotional for me than than actually me receiving my own black belt but i was there right right there
0: Thank you for listening to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Find episodes and more at rippleeffectmartialarts.com.